0: Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Gina
1: and I'm Jason
0: and this week we're boarding the Orient Express with Kenneth Branagh.
1: Oh boy. (laughs)
0: Um, Yes, we're doing Murder on the Orient Express, which is the latest film adaptation of the famous Agatha Christie novel. Um, This one is directed by Kenneth Branagh. stars Kenneth Branagh as Hercule Poirot, the world's greatest detective. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, he's got quite a case on his hands.
1: Quite a mustache on his face.
0: (laughs) Um. Yeah, this this film has been made before, uh, or at least like this book has been adapted for film several times before, uh, usually for TV. Uh, so let me ask you, Jason, does this version manage to transcend the kind of made for TV vibe, which is what Agatha Christie films normally are?
1: Um, I've it's hard a question to ask actually because especially now, when I'm pretty sure in the next like ten years there just aren't even going to be movie theaters anymore. It's just going to be straight to Netflix. And the divide between TV and film is going to like continue withering away and dying um, in a terrible, terrible fashion. However, uh, I would say that it does not really transcend that vibe very well, mostly due to the really just campy source material. I feel like you can't make a non-campy version of the film if you're trying to be um, quite faithful to the original material, which this film was. And uh, I think because Kenneth Branagh had a really um, seemed to have quite an attachment to the role, to the story, to the time period. And it's almost like he couldn't imagine doing anything new with the story.
0: Yeah, I mean, it is it is kind of uh, there have been a lot of the kind of the great actors, you know, tend to tend to take on this role, right? Like Peter Ustinov did it. Orson Welles, I believe, mm-hmm. did it. Um, yeah, I feel like like a very serious kind of actor. Shakespearean actor. Yeah, th- th- this would be kind of a role for you. Um, yeah, I mean, that's quite, quite possible. I mean, we were kind of talking about ways that maybe this story could be done, you know, in a way that would appeal to the youth of today. Um, you know, you could like set it in outer space, mm-hmm. kind of do like a murder on their own express star wars thing you could uh, you know put aliens in it or they could all there could be or... a
1: virus on on board that everybody's yeah. come to the train could be going around in a circle around the earth approximately once a year um and have all the compartments be split up into <laughs> uh various um analogies to capitalism
0: maybe the train could be the detective
1: yes that too <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, but it's true. This this kind of sticks, doesn't really do much with the source material. Um, do you want to actually like maybe go into the plot a little bit? Because I, I know like I've probably seen every single effing mm. Agatha Christie <laughs> film there is because my mother absolutely loves them. Yeah. Um, but I realize not, not everybody's been subjected to that. So what, what actually, what does Hercule Poirot do? What makes him so good?
1: Um, well, you got me um but basically the story attempts to explain and we're not going to really go into any spoilers here because really the you know the best part of this film is finding out you know the the how and the why and the who um but the, if you give it a damn if you give a damn uh but the the setup is basically that this um pooro character um he ends up on this train because he's sort of going in between places or whatever um, and
0: de- It's not because of, for reason, it's because he's really needed in London straight away. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, whatever. <laughs> <You have to laughs> plot device. I need to be somewhere. Oh, there's a train. Happens to get onto a train with um, uh, approximately 13 other uh, individuals, and one of whom is this kind of unsavory character named Ratchet, played by Johnny Depp. And uh it's
0: an interesting role for him as well. It's, yeah. it's not often that he kind of takes a role where he plays it really straight and also gets bumped off in the first 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, I guess we'll get, in, get into that more about his character in a bit second. But yeah, the first night he, you know, dies and then the the train is kind of stuck because of a, an avalanche or something. And um Then, you know, Poirot is basically tasked with solving this crime because he can, I guess. And because, you know, they're kind of worried that other people on the train might die, too, because the murderer must be among us. Um, Yeah, that's a general setup. And all the, you know, the people on the train are all uh, sort of weird stereotypes. Um, They all have crazy um very elaborate accents very hammy accents um but the one character who does not seem like super ham-fisted and um flat is the one who dies in the very beginning
0: yeah it's weird because so the whole film is kind of sort of pivots on this idea that he's the most evil kind of man you can imagine johnny depp's character that he's like he's just committed unspeakable crimes and yet he comes across as like so avuncular and, you know, like a, a bit sleazy maybe, but, you yeah. know, avuncular. Um, and and yeah, it, it's kind of from that point on, you get a little bit lost.
1: And I almost wonder if that's how this film sort of, its it just can't really succeed in this time. That we are when we <laughs> identify the most <laughs> with the character who's supposed to be the villain.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it is interesting. Like that, it kind of made me wonder watching this film if the Agatha Christie train has run out of steam, oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> because it it does gone kind of off feel the like... rails perhaps. <laughs> <gasps> um but because you know between the time when, when this story was written and now there's you know been 80 odd years a few of things have happened yeah. crime a few things have happened crime writing of thrillers and crime dramas and police dramas and it just it kind of feels like such a throwback it feels like the only reason you would enjoy this kind of film is for the nostalgia factor mm. um and maybe I don't know because it it I suppose some people like the kind of the simplicity of the Poirot Miss Marple detective story you know this idea that like one person can kind of come along and just by like thinking about the problem can solve it you know it's sort of this this carrot yeah. that that a lot of people kind of like
1: and not even thinking about just like the logical parameters of the the murder and the crime scene but also just logically thinking through like incredibly not black and white moral questions that end up becoming black and white in this really perverse way.
0: Yeah, okay, can we talk about this actually? Because this is the the thing that I find kind of sinister is the Poirot character, which is... It it kind of is a bit scary what it represents because he's sort of the embodiment of justice, right? But he's also... He's like the judge, but he's also the police and he's also kind of the church in a way. Mm. So he kind of... He can uncover... The murderer but then he also sort of condemns them yeah. or not and then he's also kind of like the moral conscience of of all of society which seems like a really kind of scary thing in itself and this this movie like it just kind of like it takes that and it just like puts on the table and it's, like, yeah, it's
1: like isn't that cool isn't that guy yeah.
0: great isn't he like you're supposed to think well what a great guy
1: i think i i couldn't actually tell because i thought he was inseparable um, with his like accent and like his way of holding things over people, the whole gotcha thing. That I mean, I think that's probably part of the books again.
0: And also, he's meant to be like this, this brilliant detective. But in the first scene, because the film actually starts in Jerusalem with him like solving this other like ridiculous crime, which is kind of like I'm not even going to go into it, which was bizarre. But so this like brilliant guy, like nothing misses him. He like steps into this enormous pile of cow dung. Yeah. And then he gets upset because he's he's got some kind of OCD thing and he's like, oh, there's only dung on one of my shoes. I have to step in it with the other one. There's
1: an imbalance in the force.
0: Does 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 nobody think this is a bit odd? Yeah,
1: yeah, really over the top, I think. Um, And, yeah, it also – and it was just funny how, yeah, they set up all these characters in this quite flat way. It is quite a conservative film. I mean, I even remember thinking, again, going back to um, identifying with – the ratchet character when like, you know, okay. He had some, like some shady past, but like his business thing, is like, he's basically a sort of shady art dealer. Um, you know, where he's yeah, maybe sometimes I sell some paintings and they're not real. What's the problem. Yeah. And I was like, you know, that seems like a victimless crime to me. <laughs> it's like, you do it. Um, but yeah, apparently that's not, you know, the done thing. And everybody was very, very quick to, uh, distance themselves from him. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I did sort of feel that the film had this really dated um moralistic layer on it. Made even stranger by the fact that it projected a lot of like racism issues we have today back into this world.
0: Yeah, that was a bit weird. It it sort of um did did two things. It had a kind of a weird um subplot where sort of all religions can get along. But then it has this one character who is so racist, like in just the most kind of coarse, unsubtle way, like almost like a caricature way. But even within the logic of the film, it turns out he doesn't have to be, like he doesn't have to say any of those things. it was all
1: for show. It's like, you you didn't have to do that. Yeah. So in general, yeah, this train, I feel like it sort of, um, I wouldn't even say it derailed. I would say it did not leave the station.
0: Oh. Oh, snap sick burn <laughs> yeah i mean i would agree and i think you know uh, we might not be the target audience for this film. Not. um and this is i think you can always tell that when you're in a cinema and people are laughing at stuff that you were like what,
1: what?
0: <laughs> and that happened <laughs> a lot in this film but i i really think that even the target audience for this film would not enjoy it you know when i think of like people like yeah like who who kind of are really into watching the tv version of poirot you know for this kind of sense of opulence and nostalgia and melodrama i don't don't think this has anything for them somehow
1: Mm. yeah it kind of just doesn't have as much substance i guess it's a little bit more yeah stylistic um just too many stars yeah i don't know With
0: nothing to do. Nothing to do, yeah. No, yeah, it's weird that you do have all these really good actors and none of them really get to act.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, pretty bland overall, I would say. And we should probably uh, call it there. Yeah. Uh, Until next time, everybody.
0: Until next time. Oh, damn it. I was trying to think of some kind of hilarious joke about tickets to end on. I can't think of anything.
1: Um last call <laughs> for podcast
0: <laughs> uh, that was a mistake I
1: don't know.